Play analysis, Devin Nash be on the mic, so you know it's hella lit. Better plug your headphones in on Apple Podcasts, and we up on Spotify. Ooh, on Anchor too, no parachute, we so fly. We talking sports and music, what's the newest in that culture? Better stream, yeah, you better tune in. It ain't gonna cost ya. We talking sports and music, what's the newest? Got exclusives, yeah, we do this play by play. Follow the page, eh? If you don't know, don't worry about it. Happy first weekend of college football, everybody. Um, Play-by-play analysis podcast. It's your boy, Devin Nash, BSKA, play-by-play. If you know, you know. If you don't know, don't worry about it. We told y'all. We told y'all. But we're going to get into that in a second. Because here, a guest in the building, a man who loves football almost more than I do. I I didn't think there were that many people out there like that. But... Shout out, college football specifically, shout out to the Dean of Ignance, D1 Ignant University's own Jamal Brown. What is going on, sir? What's good, everybody? You know what it is. It's your Dean of Ignance here, Jamal J. Brown, and I'm here to let you know that Ignant class is in session. The college football season has started. The pro season will be underway soon. And we're just here to talk about mostly a game that causes brain damage, but damn it, do we love it. We love it. We love it. You know, sometimes it's a risk some people will take, you know. But um, Jamal is a Texas fan, for those who don't know. Obviously, you know, being from Texas, it's pretty split down the bunch of different places down there, actually. You know, I would say split down the middle, but the only two that matter, as far as I understand, are Oklahoma and Texas. Well, t- the only one that matters is Texas, you know. Fuck them uh, maroon people. So, you know, that being said, they, they've got a very important game coming up this week. But we're going to get to that in a second because we're here to talk about week one, which, God, we missed football. And week one was so great. It was so great to see all of the games, all of the performances by quarterback players, whatever. There's a lot to talk about, and we're here to talk about all of it. And obviously, much like everybody else, how – do you talk about college football this week without starting down in your home state of Texas at a university that's only Christian in the name? You know, uh, only, in the name. only in the name, only in the name. Texas Christian University wasn't nothing Christian about them. And that defense was horrendously ungodly because the University of Colorado, which won one game all of 2022, walked in to Texas Christian University a team that finished runners-up or some iteration of that in the national championship game last year. And not only did they walk in there and beat them, but they, 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 they walked in there, beat them as 21-point underdogs. You know, Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, if you will, shout-out to Colorado, shout-out to Boulder, shout-out to everybody there because they told y'all, that it was going to be changed. They told y'all they were coming. They told us all. And here we are. You know, it's only one week, but that might have been the best game of the year or best game of the weekend and uh, easily the most impressive win. But your thoughts on uh, Coach Prime and and, and company? 
So I have a lot of thoughts on both ends of the spectrum for what did happen there in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, you know, only roughly about 30 minutes from my crib as of now. So, first and foremost, not a hater. I, I may not like Deion Sanders personally. I may not be a huge fan of the University of Colorado, but damn it, he does love those kids and he wants to do what's best for them. So, congratulations and shout out, a big shout out to them beating TCU. I, I'm not here to take anything away from him. I'm just here to point out a few facts. But I will say, it was an impressive win. It was a great win. You showed grit. You showed your team will compete, which has been a sign of all the Sanders teams throughout his short uh, coaching career. But it, is, it does show that the only time a team plays for you that hard is if they truly believe in the coaches, they believe in each other, if they're willing to play with each other. So that's a big sign. Now, I'll move on to some of the slight more negatives that it was great to watch, but I hope I never have to see it again, that this is the Travis Hunter show. This entire team, yeah. is, it, it goes as far as Travis Hunter takes them, which in the normal sense is like, oh, you know, you could say the same thing. USC only goes as far as Caleb Williams takes them, or Texas only goes as far as Quinn Ewers takes them, and you'd be correct. But neither one of them play both ways, and neither one of them have to have 130 snaps under their belt. Yeah, I will say that that is not – it's one of the greatest things we've seen in a long time, but I don't know how sustainable it is. Just from a – I mean, like, you can do it a couple of games, but, like, to, to, to expect him to do that the entire season, I would be shocked. That's a lot of wear and tear, um, especially for a kid that's not entirely – not the biggest athlete in the world. Yeah, you know. he, he's not out there. He's not out there built like a like a Miles Garrett or a DK Metcalf type guy. He's he, he's athletic. He's he's built really similar to me. He's about my height. He might be give or take an inch or an inch and a half or half an inch shorter than me, give or take. He sits at about 190, 195 pounds. Not a little dude, but also not huge and stocky. But I can tell you exactly how sustainable it is. It's not. Like, you can't ask somebody to go out there at at the Division One level, at the Power 5 level, and say, by the way, fam, we need you to play every offensive and defensive snap, not the way athletes are now. Like, if you say, hey, obvious third down, third long passing situations or Hail Mary situations or – uh, we need this stop to win the game. Absolutely. Throw Travis out there and say, hey, go lock up. Go do what you can do. We know you got it. But every possession, every drive, you you asking too much out of the kid. It's just even Dr. Dr. didn't go both ways every, every possession. He would go out there and play receiver when he got bored or if the game was on the line. But, you know, Dr. wasn't out there recording 40, 50 offensive snaps a game. Yeah, 110 snaps every game is going to not, I don't know. But that being said, it takes away from the fact that, no, he, like we said, that kid was the best player on the field, regardless of what unit he was on. Like, the, the best player on the field. And you said this team will go as far as Travis Hunter. I would argue Travis and Shador are, you know, a pair, I would think. Because Shador Sanders, I'm, I'm going to just tell people who don't know. I watched every single one of his games, both of the two seasons he was at, um, that he was at Jackson State because I'm a big HBCU fan, so I actually walk the walk and actually like watch all these games. 
I can tell y'all that we saw this coming. There's a lot of people that don't know his backstory. You know, he was heavily recruited out of high school, not just because he's Deion's son, but, you know, that had a part to do with it. But he was actually, like, a really good quarterback at the prep level. And, you know, he was recruited by – there were a lot of people for some reason that are like, oh, you know, he played – look at the competition level he played at. And I'm like, bro, this was a kid that was being recruited from schools like Florida State, Alabama – um. I'm trying to remember who, like Oregon, I think. It's it's a handful of other ones. You know, ironically, TCU wasn't one of them, but he, he was heavily recruited coming out of high school. He was a four-star prospect. Like, he wasn't a scrub. If you can play, you can play at any level. And I think, I told, I, I've said it on this show, it was a couple, it was like a year ago, like right after Dion took the head coaching job. Remember, you and I and my boy Xavier, we were all on the show together, and I was the one that said, I'm rooting for them to be successful because, if anything, it would just prove the fact that it doesn't matter whether you go to an HBC or not, like, these kids can play. I remember saying that, and this is what I was talking about. I'm like, yo, him and Travis in particular, like, oh, they were, they were, they, and they were mentioning it. Like, yo, we were at HBCU just like a year ago. Like, and people tried to say, oh, it's the competition level and they can't do this at the Power Five level. And it's like, well, at least through one week, you know, the national champions runner up, you know, this. I mean, even though a lot of those guys are gone now, but it's still a very good recruiting class. They came in on on the back end of that and they still proven that they can still play. And, and I was part of I was also part of that conversation. Right. And I was not doubting Shador, but I also said, look, the time is different. Time will tell. I do need to see a higher level of competition. Right. And. No matter what, a lot of the HBC people hate me when I say this. This is that exact reason what we saw on Saturday is why I say, and HBCUs, we got to stop hiding in conferences with ourselves. Because the number one thing that they always say from smaller schools, HBCU or damn, you know, they'll say that about Howard or PV or TSU or Jackson State. They'll say the same things about my alma mater, North Texas. They say the same thing about North Dakota State, uh, Sam Houston. They always say, well, what was the... What was the competition level like? This and that. I always say, if HBCUs want to be taken seriously as competition levels, hey, we got to play with the big boys. Because no, Colorado, despite of how good or bad TCU ends up being, as of now, Colorado won one game last year, and they have tied that already, and they're already on pace to have the better seat. They proved they can play with the big boys right then and there. Sometimes that's what it takes. This man set a school record for passing yards in the first game. And it wasn't and it wasn't even like, you know, sometimes you'll throw for 500 or 600 yards, but it'll be like, oh, he threw 58 passes and he went like 27 to 58 and it's completed in garbage time. No, 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 no. This man threw for 510 on 80% completion. Mm-hmm. With four touchdowns and no interceptions. Like it, it wasn't like it it wasn't it wasn't a labor to get to that 510. And on top of all of that, you know, obviously still a long way to go. It's still some things like I still don't really know. The Pac-12, I would just put it like this. One win can change a lot. It can change the perception of an entire season because if they'd have lost that game, you know, a lot of people would feel like, yo, this could be a long season. They could win a few games, but this is going to be a long season. Now, all of a sudden, you look up and down the Pac-12. The Pac-12 ain't never been known for defense. So, you know, like the idea that, yo, they're probably going to have to outscore people every week in order to win. But it's like, yo, that's normal in the Pac-12. 
I mean, you you look across the board. It's, it's Oregon. Like, are we are we are we scared of Oregon? I mean, are, are we are we scared of like Washington? Michael Penix Jr. is cool, but are we scared of them? Like, legitimately scared of them? No. USC, we know they can't play a lick of defense. <laughs> you know, like that's what cost them. The only team I'm really, which this is the end of the season when they play them, the only team I'm really concerned about in that conference for Colorado would be Utah. Would be Utah. That's the only one. The rest of it is not, and it's not to say they're going to win against all these other teams I just said, but the only one I'm con- legitimately like, yo, y'all might get y'all asses whooped is Utah. That's the only one. Because they're the only one that played like an actual NFL team a little bit. And really, this season isn't about, you know, of course you want to win and you never want to lose, but this season is truly about just proving you belong. Right. By, by the third quarter, half, hell, halftime, honestly, you, you've already proven the point that, hey, we belong with the big boys. Whether TCU ends up going, you know, 6-5 and five this year or this is their only loss that end up running to the playoff again, that doesn't matter. It's the simple fact that, hey, we are not – here to be ran over. Yeah, we won't win every game, but hey, this this is still Colorado. This ain't USC. This ain't Texas. This ain't Notre Dame. This ain't Alabama. We we're not a powerhouse here. We we have limitations that our school unfortunately has on us because hey, we're just not a national powerhouse anymore. But Colorado ain't never been no powerhouse. Let's we, we, stop that. Well, no, no. In the night, okay, yeah, no, they weren't a powerhouse, but they they. They had they, they they had a Clemson like run in the nineties when they won the national championship and they went to another one. But yeah, like you said, the last twenty five years, obviously we know what it is. We know what it is the last twenty five. Yeah, Colorado I'm not saying Colorado's some bum, but let's not oh, no, they're pretend bums. like the last time you the last time I heard anything from Colorado, Vince Young put seventy on them in the Big Twelve championship. So let right. I'm not gonna pretend to right. just give them too many props here. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Like I said, it's been twenty five years of misery. Like they've been terrible. For 25 years. Like, bums. Garbage. Gutter. Gutter. <laughs> you know, like, trailer trash. But it's, it, it, they at least got some athletes in there. Because we talk about Hunter. We talk about We didn't even talk about the Dylan Edwards scoring four touchdowns as a, as a true freshman. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, like we said, that defense is horrendous. And they're very light up front. Like, I don't they, – they just really don't – up until that last fourth down play, they didn't really get pressure on the quarterback at all. And that's where I think they could, like we said, it's going to be shootouts every week. Maybe, I mean, maybe. And Deion said, Deion said when he first got there, the difference between the big boys and what he's got is the guys up front. Right. Like sk- skill positions are a dime a dozen. Right. Like, in the fact, Travis, in, Hunter, yeah. Travis Hunter is, is special, but I guarantee you, I can go find a, a receiver running back from North Texas or Sam Houston State or Eastern Colorado, and he can put up solid numbers. Skill guys are a dime a dozen. You can run a route, you can run a route. But the big boys is where you really you make need to separate. Yeah, because at the Power Five level, you could play receiver or defensive back pretty much anywhere. You know, you could play Basically. quarterback. Quarterback, you could you could plug and play quarterback anywhere in the Power Five. It's like you said, it's, it's up front in the trenches. The beef is where it separates schools like Georgia and Alabama from schools like Colorado. Like, that, that's, that's where it's different. And that's what USC needs to figure out quick because two weeks, two weeks, we got two weeks. They coming to Colorado in two weeks. We getting Shador and Caleb in two weeks, bro. And it might be a it might be a prime time matchup. No pun intended. It might be a prime time matchup because depending on what happens, 
you, they they play Nebraska next week. You know, uh, Colorado does. They, I think that there's no reason they should lose to Nebraska. Nebraska is awful. I don't trust Tom. I don't trust Matt Rule or anything Matt Rule does. There's nothing that I saw in that Minnesota game that even makes me think that this should be a competitive game. But like we said, their defense is bad enough that it might be. But they shouldn't win that game. Then they got Colorado State, which, you know, Colorado State is an FCS squad, I believe. So it's like, or no, I don't know if they are or not. But either way. No, they, they're an FCS squad. They're playing in Mountain West. Okay, yeah, FCS. So they should beat them. But again, you know, FCS in the early months are usually when you catch people asleep. But anyway. Week four, they go to Oregon week four. That's the that's the first real test, I feel like, where, well, after TCU. That's the first real test they get because Oregon, you know, Bo Nix, and, you know, he's 157 years old, so he's he's been playing quarterback forever, and, and they just put 81 <coughs> on somebody. I don't know who, but they put 81 points on somebody. And then USC. So you on, get uh, Port, on Portland State. Portland State. So you, you get you get Oregon on the road and then USC at home. That's back to that's two. You know, so we're gonna find out about Colorado just in the month of September. Just I mean, in the month of September. The only the only way only way to prove you belong with the big dogs is you gotta play the big dogs. You gotta play them. You, you know, this is what you asked for. This is what you asked for. But suddenly, like we said, it's a lot of good quarterbacks in the country. In the the Pac-12, man. Shout out to the Pac-12 in the final year of existence. Y'all finally decide to get relevant in football. The West Coast is finally relevant in football for the first time in the years. Pack two, pack two. In the in the in, in the pack it up, the pack it up. It's called pack it up. Pack it up. Because <laughs> whatever the hell they're called now, that conference picked the worst timing to be the most relevant conference in football right now. All the great quarterbacks in the country are in the Pac-12. The Pac-12 went twelve and zero. Twelve is the number here. They did. They went twelve and zero in the opening week. They're the only conference to go undefeated in the opening week of the season. Not not the big bad SEC, not the Big Ten, not 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 the Big Twelve. Nobody but Pac twelve and all of the quarterbacks: Shador, Michael Penix, Caleb, um, Bo Nix. Like we said, he put up eighty one on somebody. Like it was crazy. You know, it was a lot of stuff. So, like we said, congrats, Colorado, Travis Hunter. Might be in the Heisman conversation by the time, you know, depending on what he does again. So we'll see. But anyway, moving on, moving on. It's a lot of, you know, week one is usually a feel it out week. You know, there there are things that come and go, you know, different things going on, um, you know, different things. But the game that stood out to me was the, 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 the one top 10 matchup of the weekend on Sunday night. Florida State... And LSU, you know, honestly, I'm going to tell you, I I really rock with both of those two teams. Like those are, I don't have a favorite college football team because I went to a small school. So I don't really like root for one school in particular. I just root for everybody in general. But two of the teams that I always have an affinity for, I always rock with LSU football, even if I don't fuck with the SEC as a whole. And I always rock with Florida State when, when college football is better when them two schools are good to me. And it's cool to see Florida State back in the limelight, even if I don't know how much it lasts, because I'm not huge on Mike Norvell yet. It's still a lot they got to prove to me. You know, they get Clemson in a couple of weeks, so we're going to find out about them too. But they got some players down there in LSU and in Florida State. And this game matchup, I'm going to tell you, man, it, it's, it, was a, it was a good game for a little bit. And then, you know, Brian Kelly. After halftime, you, you, you saw the difference. Brian Kelly is in trouble, boy. I would t- and and not 
in the sense that, oh, he's on the hot seat. But, like, there are a lot of expectations at LSU. I feel like they overachieved in their first year, and it's set the expectations even higher than I think is realistic. I don't know if they're where they need to be yet. But, man, they looked – it just seemed like to be a struggle for them at at times. You know, like a lot of drops, you know, a lot of mental mistakes, you know, fumbles and bad turnovers and, you know, like it it just felt weird. And and, and Jaden Daniels is cool to me, but even watching them last year, it just feels very – hard to watch at times that offense like at times and then florida state just got athletes like them them receivers are just bigger and stronger than everybody like you got a six seven receiver you know if he can get his drops together johnny wilson might be the steal of somebody's draft keon coleman michigan state ought to be ashamed of themselves for for hiding him out up there up there in uh east lansing you know, because now he come down to Florida State with a, a above-average quarterback and gets a hat trick and three touchdowns, and he looked like the best player on the field. Their defense got athletes all – they got athletes all over the place because, you know, it's Florida. But, yeah, shout-out to Florida State. It looked like they, at least for the time being, are back on the map. We, we have the exact opposite feelings because it's fuck LSU and Florida State. Um, <laughs> Florida State – Oh, yeah, no, no, I know, I know, yeah. Florida State, we was cool until we saw how y'all did DeAndre Francois. So, y'all were cursed until, I don't, and so y'all just fucking apologized to me. That's all I'm asking for. Because DeAndre Francois, at his height, was a Heisman hopeful. Um, Y'all were a better team. And then that white woman uh, accused him of something, which she later admitted. It was a black woman. Who have lied. It was a black woman. Was it a black woman? Yeah. Either, either way. It was a woman. Right, At the end of the day, it was a woman. Either way, either way, he was lied on. He was lied on. Ruined his career, and it never recovered, and he didn't even get an NFL shot after that, which he rightfully at least deserved a shot. So until y'all at least apologize to DeAndre Francois, it's fucking, it's fuck Florida State. LSU, it's not necessarily LSU. It's just you and your rabid-ass fans that came out fucking nowhere. I ain't heard, I hadn't heard shit from an LSU fan. Until Joe Burrow hit the scene. Between Jamarcus Russell and uh, Joe Burrow, I ain't heard shit from most LSU fans. Not a word. I mean, it was that one year in there when Tyron Matthews was there. There was that year. They they had that year. But I feel you. They still weren't weren't really top ten relevant. They were landscape relevant. But the point of it is, Florida State just physically dominated that game. Even on... On the ground, through the air, like after after halftime, it's like they went. Florida State went in and said, "All right, let's stop playing with these boys." And yeah. they stopped playing with those boys. They were physically dominating them at the line of scrimmage. Um, I believe Florida State's running back is averaging like four yards a carry after contact. I'm gonna tell you the, after the con- there is not a clearer there was not a play that more defined that game than the the last touchdown they scored when, when the running back just straight dribbled that man. Oh. Dribble? <laughs> it's like, did you just dribble this man? Like, yo, dribbled this man. I'm like, bro, there's not a play that defines that game more than that one in my head. Like, of what the second half was. Because the first half was a clusterfuck. Because it was like, 
you know, they were going blow for blow. And then at one point it was just, it was like, oh, dude muffs the punt. Okay. And then they throw an interception right back. And then they throw an interception right back after that. Like the first half was just full of stuff. Second half, Florida State, like you said, they were just like, all right, enough. Yeah. And one thing that I, that I knew Florida State had won the battle, they had won the mental battle. If in this modern college football, you got two running backs in the backfield, and you and you're telling them, you know we're gonna run the ball. We got an extra guy back here, and in in the spread amount athletic offenses that teams have now, that we're having a guy, we're having an extra guy in the back in the backfield for protection, which is basically saying you can't cover our guy one on one. Our guy's just more athletic. Our guy's better than you. Prove me wrong. Right. And the fact that they couldn't, hey, that told me Florida State took your cojones. Just took them. They took your soul. They took your wisdom. You you ain't have none left, LSU. Um, SEC that. SEC that. It, it was it was bad. That second half was bad. You know, and I picked LSU to win. That's what made it unfortunate. I was like, damn. But they just looked out of play. Even the, so one of the things that was confusing to me, the kid Harold Perkins Jr. last year who made his money on the edge and then they just tried to turn him into an off-ball linebacker in this game. It just, just, just little things like that where it's just like, oh, okay, well, what do we got going on here? And then, I mean, Florida State just like I, it, 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 as much as people talk about how big and powerful the SEC is, I mean, they just looked small. They looked just like you said. They just got out gunned. Like it just, you know. I mean, if you want to talk about the SEC as a whole, it's really not. The big boys did. The SEC big boys didn't look great this weekend. They did not. Like, like yes, eventually Georgia picked picked up the pace. But, bro, in the third quarter, Georgia was only up 17-3, 17-0, which uh, against anyone else, is, I guess, is a good lead. But, bro, against Tennessee Martin, nah, you got to have a bigger lead than that. You, you should have 28 points at the half. Right. You should have. Now, now, whether you... No other you end the game, you know, with thirty five or forty. Like against an opponent like that, you need to put up thirty five. You need to score. You need to score five touchdowns. Like yeah, it, you know, when you're the number one team in the nation, <laughs> you know, like that, you know, and the SEC been for years been you know kind of skirting by with soft ass schedules and they don't mm-hmm. play a lot of true home games. Like I don't know why the SEC is so scared to play true home games or true true away games. Like why why we why niggas always gotta go to Atlanta or the Superdome or 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 Camping World Stadium in Orlando to play a team that ain't in the SEC? Like the fact that Florida, it took until it took thirty years for them to play a true road game outside of the SEC. They hadn't played outside of the SEC on the road since nineteen ninety one before playing Utah. Then got burned in the process of doing it. The only ones who do it is when you run up against a school with more money than you. Bama came to Texas because, well, shit, ain't too many places got more money than Texas. Right. <laughs> but even that, it's like, but, it's like, bro, you're playing Virginia Tech in Atlanta. Georgia played Oregon in Atlanta last year. Like, come on, bro. This is not no, this is not no Chick-fil-A kickoff. No, this is a de facto home game, bro. Like, I, I, obviously, like, if, if you don't cross the Mason-Dixon line, 
it's a home game for you. Like, Oregon had to travel and probably couldn't bring mo- most of the fans they probably wanted to bring. Probably got outsold ticket-wise anyway. Like, let's be real here. You know? If, if you if you want to be real about a neutral field, I bet let's meet in Kansas. Right. Let's, you let's meet in Kansas. Let's, I'll, I'll save you a few miles. I'll, I'll cut you some credit. Let's meet in Missouri. <laughs> or let's meet in the middle. Let's go down to Dallas. Like well, I mean, Jerry's world wasn't busy this week. Sure, the hell wasn't. You know, but but I'm just like, bro. Like, even in general, like, they, it's so funny. And it's not to say that they couldn't beat them in their house. I'm not saying they couldn't. I'm just saying, like, yeah. And it's not to say I won't still watch. But like, bro, how many times are we gonna do this and play this charade, bro? Like, go down to Tallahassee and play them boys in Florida State. You know, go to like Florida did. Go take your ass whooping like a man. Go to go up to Utah. You know, or or if you're Georgia, go to Oregon. Go to Oregon if you're Georgia and beat them forty six three. I'd like to see that. And you know, little ad does. Right. <laughs> like, yo, that's what I'm talking about. But yeah, shout out to Florida State. You know, fuck them for like you said, the DeAndre Francois and and you, you didn't even mention the part like the one part I forgot about. We didn't even talk about the whole thing with um, just the way they did him on the field. Like, for years, just neglected the offensive line. Like, it's not like they didn't even try to recruit mm-hmm. offensive linemen. Like, this man, I've never, I haven't seen an ass whooping like that since what I did to Tina. Like, it, it was, it, I haven't seen an ass whooping like that since, since the uh, dark skinned man in the Tyler Perry movie. Like, it, 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 it was. What he went through, the beating that he took, and even Jordan Travis took it in a couple of his early years. Like the beatings that those, oh my lord, that's a good hit. The beatings that those uh, uh, quarterbacks took in them in them later years, right after Jimbo Fisher left. It is, we should open a criminal investigation in the state of Florida for some of the abuse that these dudes suffered. Like it's crazy, and that don't even go into the fact that what happened with that girl. Like it just the whole thing with his he was doomed from the start. He was he was set up for failure. It was it was a hit job, it felt like. But yeah. Anyway, moving on to that. Yeah. It's crazy. But um yeah. Uh we moving on. So th- there there were some other big games, you know, like you said, some of the new faces and new places, uh new faces in same places type thing. Some of those other games stood out to me because it's like this 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 idea of like money grab games where like you know the if you're an FCS school or like a small division 1 school like you know you play in like the SWAC or something and you're going up to play schools like Notre Dame or or you're or if you're UT Martin and you're going to play Georgia you know like it's getting out of control like I understand you're getting paid to take an ass whooping and every now and then if you're a school like Fresno State you'll go up into Purdue and take the check and run <laughs> but some of these whoopings are getting out of control. Like, I understand losing maybe 40 to nothing. But after, after like, 45, when you start getting into 50, 60, like, it's looking like basketball scores out here. Like, Auburn hung 73 points on, on, on Southie. You had, you had their coach taking a knee and crying. Having to get consoled by his own player. You know, like, this shit is crazy. You know, you you... Oregon, Oregon. Y'all should be ashamed for working y'all mascot like that. That is crazy. Yeah. 
Quackers ain't deserve that. Which we were going to get into later. But, like, yeah, that's crazy. That shit. Oh, Oklahoma? Oklahoma? Y'all, you ain't had to do them boys at Arkansas you State like that. did not have to do them like that. Like I said, like, Auburn. They already go to school in Arkansas. They don't. They, they suffer enough. Right. Sarah, Sarah Huckabee Sanders is their governor. Like, like yo, you got to go back to Arkansas and Sarah Huckabee Sanders is your governor. Like, what do, what do we have? What do we have to look forward to? You know, it's crazy. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't Auburn. It was Oklahoma. Yeah, that beat Southeast Arkansas. What was it? This is Southeast Arkansas. Arkansas State or Arkansas State? Yeah, Butch Davis but, or Butch Jones, whatever former Tennessee coach. No, but Oregon, Oregon still put up eighty something points on Portland points. State. Like this is ridiculous. Georgia, I thought they were going to hang seventy on UT Martin. I figured Carson Beck would get his his run in Middle Tennessee State. Actually, sort of, kind of hung around against Alabama. Like. <laughs> and then, of course, like we said, Fresno State. Shout out to them for walking into Purdue and taking the money and getting the dub. You know, every now and then you have that happen. Absolutely. You know, my alma mater, Morgan State. You know, we walked into Richmond first time in seventeen years that anybody's beating them in a home opener. Took that money and went with the dub. So shout out to the schools that won. But it's like, bro, some of these some of these money grab games are getting out of control. Like. There's no reason Oregon should be putting 81 points up. And I know for a fact that they rested their starters, too. So this was probably. So it's like. And it, it, it's hard to say. Sometimes money games are just a necessary evil. Yeah. Like, you, you, you just, you just got to understand, like, the money Oregon gave to Portland State for that game basically will, will pay for their athletic program for the entire year. Or at least a couple games, like. Yeah, no, it's no, no, no but teams like this are literally literally paying millions of dollars for teams to come take this ass work. Yeah, but I remember Dion broke it that well no, I guess HBCUs don't get as big of checks. But like if you're middle Tennessee State going up to Notre Dame, you're getting a a, a significantly smaller check than somebody than than the team that played Oregon, for example. It's it's weird. It, it's even the checks themselves are not always like all money ain't good money. It's I like mean, th- all money is not good money, and that's also, you know, that's the negotiating between the two coaches when yeah. they make the schedule. It's all weird. It, it, but but either way, like I said, it's getting out of control to the point that it's like, bro, y'all can't just lose regular, like like a regular 42 to 7, 35 to 10. Like a regular ass whooping. A regular ass whooping. Like, you got to get It's one thing. Like, I understand. Like, bro, at some point, you got to just stand up and say enough is enough, bro. Like, after 50 points. You gotta start biting people kneecaps. You know, you gotta start playing dirty. There's no way I'm getting beat by thirty, getting beat by fifty, and not getting kicked out of the game. Right. There's no way I, you were putting eighty on me. I'm head hunting out there. I am taking people's I'm heads targeting, off, ruining careers. I'm getting dudes in the nuts. People are kissing ACLs goodbye. I am ruining careers. No it's, it's straight Vontaze perfect out there. I am ruining people's careers. You will never on play national again. National TV. On national TV, yeah. You will never play again fucking I, with me. I have a family. I have to go back to a hometown. And explain no. to them why I got my ass whooped. They're going to be asking me questions. No, I will I make sure you never... I will make sure you can never get your family out the hood. If you hang more than 50 <laughs> points on me. Play with me if you want to. You will not... You think you Spencer James? You will not be Spencer James. You will not be Spencer James. No. 
you and your family will be trapped in destitute poverty if you play with me. <laughs> like, yo, 81 points, somebody getting pulled out on a stretcher. Like, this is unacceptable. We not all, y'all not all making it back to that block. Right. Ain't no way. No way. They throwing me out there. I will be banned from the state of Oregon. If you hang 80 points on my head and I don't have no resistance, hell no, nigga. No. Uh-uh. You will treat me like a wild, wild west outlaw. Bro. You will treat me like Body and Clyde. There will be wanted posters of me. Like, no. There are abusive this relationships that aren't, there are abusive relationships that aren't as one-sided as some of the ass whoopings that we saw this weekend. This is crazy. Oh, Joe, Joe Jackson did not beat his kids worse than Oklahoma beat Arkansas State. I'm going to be like Cam Newton. I'm going to beat an all-pro season into you. <laughs> like, yo, like he did Josh like Norman. he did Josh Norman. Joe Jackson, I'm going to beat you into an American superstar icon. Like, yo, don't fucking play with me. After 50 points, like, yo, you're going to have to earn the next 30. Oh, absolutely. It ain't going to be none right. of that. It ain't going to be none of that. Like, rest is the, I, the backup's going to start getting hurt. You're going to have to start testing your depth chart. Look, you better bring the walk-ons because I'm right. hurting that second-string quarterback. The water boy that was desperate for a scholarship that, you know, put him in the game. <laughs> like, yeah, the and point we're life. trying to make is, like, it's crazy. It's out of, like, how much, how much really, how much is the price to get 80 points hung on your head? Like, how, uh, what number of money is enough? Who knows? You know, I feel like, you know, remember when Cardell Jones beat that cancer patient 98-3 in, in NCAA? In the video game. Yeah, like that's that's, that's what some of these some of these games are looking like that. Like like y'all cancer patients getting beat by for make a wish kids. Like that's that's what it started. Like, yeah. But anyway, we move on. <sighs> Man. What a weekend of opening. I say all that to say the first weekend of college football was as advertised. And we're going into week two with some big games. But we we just have to say like yeah shout out to some of the unexpected performances and shout out to some of the ones that we probably expected as well we have reached my favorite part of the show it's a segment i like to call big time plays of the day dedicated to all of the news going on around the world and obviously College football is the topic of this show in more ways than one because we saw a lot of action, you know. Like we said, the Pac-12 is basically dead, whereas some of these other conferences are kind of circling the wagons and making sure that they kind of, you know, can withstand the next wave of alignment. The ACC might as well change its name now. It's no longer relevant to the Atlantic Coast anymore. It's the Atlantic Coast Conference, and now we got two teams from the Pacific and one squad from the, from inside of, uh, where's SMU at? What part of Texas is SMU? That's in Dallas, Dallas. In Dallas. 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 Ain't no body SMU. of water around there. SMU is North Dallas. We got the Rio Grande and the Pacific representing in the Atlantic Coast. <laughs> what the hell is going on? Like, yeah. <laughs> At this point, bro, like, and 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 not even not even that, that that they've joined the ACC, they're doing it for even less money. So what is the point? SMU is literally playing for free for the next ten years and just having the boosters foot the bill. 
it's sometimes changing conferences is just for namesake. It's just for clout. It's, it's for just clout. to say you did. For a perfect example that I go through, my alma mater, North Texas, um, this year joining the American Conference. We left Conference USA. If you just look at the American Conference, all it is Conference USA from last year with the rejects who didn't get to join the Big 12. That's all it is. UNT is basically still playing the exact same schools, but so many teams from the American Conference. Uh, Cincy, uh, UCF, um, BYU, they're not there, but they still join. Uh, all the big name schools from the American join the Big 12. So what what is this conference really other than Conference USA? It just has a shiny new logo. And that's all these alignments are is, look, we don't want to be the odd man out. And SMU is just willing to be like, shit, we got all the money in the world anyway. We'll just join for less money for now and, you know, kick us kick us a few a few coins down the road. Which is crazy to do that because you know that people are going to renege. You know for a fact they're going to backdoor the shit out you because you've already said, hey, we are willing to sell our soul for nothing. They're going to backdoor the shit out you when these next negotiations come around because they know they can because you told them you can do it. There is no way as an athletic director of a university that I walk into an office with these big wig suit people and say, you know what? We will play the next 10 years for free. All we care about is just name. Like you said, we will play 10 because if it's supposed to be about the money and you saying you're going to pay for free and we're going to have our people. It's, it's like when Donald Trump said Mexico will pay for the wall. <laughs> Mexico ain't paying for the wall. No, the American taxpayer is paying for the wall. In this case, yo, they flat out told y'all, look, no, the boosters are paying. Y'all niggas, we are playing for free, but at least we get to be in a Power 5 conference, which at SMU means something, because like you said, they got all the money in the world to throw at these recruits, and we know if it's one school that will flourish in the NIL era, it is is going to be SMU now that they're in a Power 5 conference. They never will because SMU can't recruit locally, and that's their fucking problem. But now they probably are going to try to. TCU took all day shine. Exactly. And Texas and no, Texas A&M. They're, they're not even the same conversation. They're, they're not even the same conversation. Oh, yeah, TCU. Texas or A&M. No, TCU is because they can get those recruits. Right. SMU, absolutely not. You you have no idea how kids feel about SMU around here. They don't care. And I can they tell. Do. I can tell. <laughs> they Maybe. do not. And the what are we renaming the ACC? Because ain't no way we can stick with the Atlantic Coast Conference. You just got to call it by the acronym now. You just got to be the ACC. You can't even say Atlantic Coast anymore. No, we, we got to call them the conference. That's it. The Coast Conference. PCC. The, the Coast, CC. The Coast Conference. You know, every, every school bought some kind of water. SMU Except bought, SMU. Bought, uh, the Trinity River. <laughs> they bought the Trinity River. That counts. The, the Water Conference. We, we did WC now. <laughs> we did WC. Fucking well, yeah. Who else did they? Stanford? Stanford and Cal. Like, academically speaking, it fits because, you know, good academic schools because you got them. And I don't know how North Carolina is considered a good academic school considering the cheating scandals they had. But that's another that's another conversation. Yeah, um, they still got Duke and Wake Forest. Duke and Wake Forest. Considered, um, Syracuse is considered a high academic school. 
That's true. That's true. Uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, well, Notre Dame plays their school, so like contractually speaking, if Notre Dame joined, they would be in the ACC. So they they claim Notre they claim Notre Dame the same way like DC people claim Baltimore when it's convenient. You know, like when, when we when we when you'll say Baltimore niggas are from the DMV, it's, it's the same. It's the same idea. It's the same yeah. situation. It's like they're not really in the ACC, but like yo, we we claim them when it, when it for money purposes. I mean, they're in the ACC for everything except football. Yeah. But at the end of the day, this conferences are only what, what's the, the bills get paid by football. The rest of us just don't have to follow. Yeah. So yeah, um, except except for like six schools in the country, except yeah. for you know your Kentuckys, your Dukes, North Carolinas, obviously, and Kansas. Yeah, football pay all the bills. Yeah. Kansas is one of them, but you know, it, um, unless you're a traditional blue blood, football pay the bills. Now I wonder at UCLA who pays the bills? You think? Because they're a blue blood in basketball, obviously. But like, I would, I would still say basketball pays the bills, but it's not as one sided as like Duke, Kentucky, and Kansas. Yeah, yeah, got you. Got you. Yeah, because because their football program, you know, I wouldn't call them. A- powerhouse but i wouldn't call them scrub either exactly exactly that's why i'm wondering because i'm like it's and the basketball school is not what it used to be like they're blue blood and name only you know yeah, as of now they're definitely blue blood and name only but right. that doesn't change that you know historically Histor- like yeah we know yeah ones. exactly yeah and and they're back in basketball it's not like they're scrubs anymore but like yeah, we, we know it's 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 not like one like there's some one sided ones like you said Kansas clearly in basketball Alabama clearly in football like we we know what it is with those schools UCLA seems more down the middle but either way the point is we got two Pacific Coast schools in the Atlantic Coast Conference now be, only because they couldn't fit in the Big Ten because the Big Ten said because fuck them fuck, because fuck location anymore who yeah. cares and now the funniest thing is the Pac two with what it is now. Oregon State and Washington State, they said they plan to stick around and rebuild the conference and reach out to Mountain West schools. And my thing is, what the hell is your pitch? What is the, realistically, what can you say to them? Unless they're willing to sell their souls like SMU. (laughs) Well, there is no, what is your pitch? Okay, look, we got the worst TV deal in America, if we even have a TV deal at all. Um, We got two, we got two teams left in the conference and it's not even like you almost would have been better off keeping Stanford and Cal, <laughs> you know. We, we and, and then you like then you forget the biggest part is oh by the way majority of America won't be able to watch their game because you're two hours behind them. So yeah. a seven o'clock game starts at nine here. So by the time you know they get done watching their team that started at seven, it's midnight. We don't even have the best West Coast teams because all of them are in the Big Twelve and Big Ten. Because the so, last dying hope they had was Colorado, and they left. You know, with Prime, that was supposed to help them, but they left. USC and UCLA bolted. Washington left. Oregon left. UCLA left. Oh, we said UCLA. Uh, you know, Cal and Stanford. If you if you care about uh, you know golf and, and volleyball and rowing, <laughs> you don't have that anymore. Yeah. And God forbid you have Spectrum in your house because then you can't watch us at all anyway because Disney is so fucking greedy that they won't pay money to anybody. Not the actors, not the writers, and not Spectrum. <laughs> it's like, yo, what are we doing here? So we say all that to say the TV deal is flimsy as it is and then all this other stuff. Like, what is the realistic pitch to try to rebuild the pack 2 
Because that's what it is now, the pack two. Look, just hang it up. Hang Go it up. join the boys in the Mountain West or the WAC. The WAC is bringing back football. Because that's the thing. The the you said you want to poach Mountain West schools. You might as well be the poachees and go join them. Yeah, what, what do the Mountain West school? You don't have the leverage. You don't have leverage because you can't say Power Five Conference because you're barely holding on. The thing is, if you were the big boys in the last, in, in the pack, if you were USC, if you were Oregon, you'd have some lead. What? You'd have right. a little leverage. Like they have Oregon State and Washington State. Right, you're not even the best Washington school. You're not the best Washington school, nor the best Oregon school. What like, you, you almost would be better off going to the Mountain West because you can actually recruit because your Oregon State and Washington no, State have more clout in the Mountain West. Yeah. Which I don't even know if they are because Boise State, I think, is in the Mountain West, aren't they? Boise State hasn't been good for a while, but it could be a toss-up. Oregon State's not a bad team this year. Yeah, no, they're, but that's what I'm saying. If they joined the Mountain West, it would be better than if they tried to... Get people to come to the whatever's left of the Pac-12. So, I agree with you. You might yeah. as well just you can't beat them joining them because obviously no one else wanted you. Exactly, exactly. It's it's you hate this you, you you hate to see people get played, which is why we talk about this next segment. You played yourself. It's dedicated to the people that should have sat down and ate their food and realized, wake up and smell the roses because you're in trouble. You're really in trouble right now. And. We, we, we've been talking all this talk about, you know, and we, we talk about the student-athletes are kind of the ones that kind of lose in a lot of this stuff. Because, you know, the NCAA, like we said, you and I have both said it. Yo, I, I, I am here for the NCAA's downfall. I, I, I pray, you know, if the NCAA got 100 haters, I'm one of them. If they got 15 haters, I'm one of them. If they don't got no more haters, it's because I'm not around no more. You know, I will always talk shit about the. I pray on the NCAA's downfall because this organization is crooked, it's corrupt. The biggest gang in America, bro. One of the biggest gangs. One of the biggest mafias in America. These niggas here, they recently did away with the uh, two-time transfer rules because initially with the transfer portal, it was that you could transfer as many times as you wanted. And then right up into January 11th, which we're going to get into. January 11th is when the rule changed. So here's, here's what happens. There's a guy for the University of North Carolina Tower Hills by the name of Tez Walker. That's, the, that's his name. He's a, I believe he's a receiver. He started out at North Carolina Central his freshman year. But he came in as a freshman in 2020. So, you know, everybody lost a year in 2020 because of COVID, depending on what conference you're in. The, the MEAC and SWAC, well, not the SWAC, the MEAC canceled football entirely. Like, they didn't even have a spring season. So all the schools that were in the MEAC, so schools like Morgan State, you know, like my, my school, like Morgan State, the HBCUs in the MEAC, like Central, they all didn't play that year. So you, you lose a year. So it's like, bro, if you're a freshman and you don't have a year of football, that's valuable time where you're not getting on the field. So he transfers over to Kent State, plays two years at Kent State. For whatever reason, he decides to transfer again. I can't remember the reason why exactly, but I believe he wanted to be close to home because he's from Charlotte originally, and his grandmother was sick, and he wanted her to be able to see him play. So he goes to North Carolina. He goes. To, he transfers to North Carolina, I believe, January 9th. Two days later, with the new president, Charlie Baker, that comes in, two days after he transfers, the NCAA changes the transfer rule. 
And for some reason, the people that transferred before the January 11th day when the transfer rule got changed, they didn't get grandfathered in. So for some reason, two days, and he doesn't know that that's going to happen. Two days after he transfers, they changed the rule and deny him eligibility. And he thought he was going to be able to play in their game against South Carolina, which was in Charlotte at the Panther Stadium. He had 30 family members, including his grandmother, who's sick, in attendance to see him play. And what does the NCAA do? They say, fuck all these people. No, you ain't playing. And so he doesn't play. Like I said, I am here for the NCAA's downfall. 100%. Look, the NCAA is full of shit, and we've known that. And the worst part about it is, even when they do things that make sense and could be considered for the greater good, they still find a way to do some evil shit. Exactly. Like, yes, I do agree that, hey, we probably shouldn't let dudes transfer three, four times. Like, after your second time, you, you should probably need to get it. You, you should probably have it down. We're not counting grad transfers. Grad transfers are a whole different Yeah, that's a whole different ballgame. Ball yeah. Whole different thing. But, dog, if a policy was put in place after I already did what I did, you can't punish me because it was not a rule. If murder is legal during the purge, that means you, you, you kill as many people as you want. You can't come after me the second the purge stop. If I stop, you, you can't do that. But the NCAA doesn't give a fuck because they know they're evil. They are the, the craziest thing that I will always remember about the NCAA. We see them as this big unifying entity like the United States government. But the U.S. government has the White House and the Capitol building and wherever the hell Congress meets and the Pentagon and this and that. The NCAA is one building in Indianapolis. I don't even think it's the whole building. They might just have a couple floors. But it's one place in Indianapolis that just make up these rules. You know, and it's ridiculous. They've always been about control with student athletes. Even even when you get stuff like NIL. And, and that's why I'm really, like, all this talk about how just the conversation surrounding oh they've made NIL the scapegoat for all that's wrong with college football but nobody is saying anything about the Pac-2 you know you'll, you'll get a few people that eventually have spoken up on behalf of the student athletes but the vast majority of what I'm seeing people are sitting down with politicians in Congress over NIL not 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 realignment NIL you know it's and like I've always wondered. Anytime athletes get a little comes, bit, when it comes to pro sports, man, this is Congress. You don't have better shit to worry about, right? You know, but that, but that's the, even I, the point I'm saying is like, yo, like the NCAA don't want to get these kids nothing. Like you, you, they don't want to give them an inch. Like even, and here's another example because we Tez Walker's the main one. I just learned about another one today. There's a guy named Tyler Brown. I believe that's his name, Tyler Brown. He, he he's currently at University of Colorado. He had a similar situation where, you know, a lot of a lot of the people that transfer two and three times, like we're like, yo, if you transfer to multiple schools that many times, like at some point you got to admit you're the problem. Most of the time, yes, that's the truth. This particular case, no. Tyler Brown is a player. He 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 started out at. I forgot the first school he started out at, but he started out the coach who he became very close with the coach, you know, considered him like a father figure, him and the coach very tight. The coach has a heart attack and dies on the field in front of him. 
So his mental health is entirely fucked up. As you would be for somebody to watch a father figure of yours die on the field. Yeah, watch anybody. Anybody die. Anybody really. Yeah, so he... Random stranger drops dead in front of me. I'm going to be traumatized. Right. So naturally, his mental health was fucked up. And he just felt like he needed a fresh start. He had to get out of that environment. So he left that school. He transferred to Jackson State to play for Coach Prime. Another one who he's tight with. Obviously, coaches can get up and move whenever they want to. Coach Prime and his people move, go up to Colorado, which, you know, naturally in the era of NIL, most of your recruits are going to follow you to where you go. So he's one of the guys that follow. And because it was his second time or third time transferring, they, they're they blocking him again. So it's just like, you know, fuck the NCAA. Fuck them. I don't ever want to hear nothing again about, you know, oh, his house, how hard it is for coaches and oh, somebody has to protect him. Won't somebody please think of the poor NCAA? Fuck those niggas, bro. Fuck them. Really? Fuck, fuck the NCAA because it all it is is old white dudes trying to control young black men. Just a modern day plantation. That, 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 that's all it is, you know. We're, we're not going to talk about the, the vast minority of, you know, that is white players, other players of other races and nationality. Look, we all understand 70% of college football are, are black kids. Yep. And I refer to them as kids because that's what majority of them are. Yeah. They're between 18 and 22. You're a child. You're a child. You don't especially what they don't talk about especially if you're an athlete because you don't get to experience the world like a normal college student should you don't get to go get a job you can't really have an internship you don't really get to go to clubs and activities because all that all your time is whatever sport you do right and especially if you're one of the top one percent if you're a if you're a, a justin fields or a or a or a a, a, a travis hunter who himself said he doesn't go out. He all he does is football, go fishing, and hang out with his girlfriend. That's all he does. Yeah, you know, like, and that's a lot of them. A lot of them are like that. Like, yo, <laughs> niggas don't do nothing. I had a brother that was a D one athlete. Like, they, them niggas, you know, their quality time is with the team. They spend a lot of time with the team. You know, they do summer classes. A lot of them do to get ahead. You know, yeah. like they don't get real no, summers. I, nothing. Like. No, well, when I tell you... It is a business here. We don't have... Every second of your day is planned out. We would have 5.30 a.m. workouts up until, you know, 7-ish. And then some of us got 8 a.m. classes, some of us have 9 a.m. classes. It's just enough time for you to eat, chill in your locker for a little bit, go to class. All right, you go to class. Hey, we we have workouts at 1, 2 p.m. Gotta go work out. Da, 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 da. You'll have film. You'll have a meeting. You'll have something from you know from the time we're done lifting. Uh, it'll be six o'clock or so. Like, hey, fam, you still got homework? You still might have study hall. Hell, you might not have eaten yet. And then that don't even so take into account if it's if it's like a Thursday night, for example. You might have a game that night. You might fuck around have a Thursday game uh, early. Saturday games, Friday night, like Saturday night games. When a lot of people don't understand, Saturday night games are not fun all the time. Like some games, yeah, you know, if it's a big rivalry game or if it's a big conference game, like fam, if it's you know, 
it's Texas against fucking Rice, and like, man, we're about to put 45 on them, and there's nothing they can do about it in the history of mankind. You just got to sit there like that. I have to be ready for this. I got to sit and chill all day. I can't really do nothing because we have a game that's heaven. And then now with all this conference realignment, if you're a school like Rutgers, we always keep bringing Rutgers up. Or Northwestern. You know, okay, let's 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 change from Rutgers because they're too easy of a target. Let's look at Northwestern. If you are at easily the worst situation in the country as a football player, and now you add into the fact that Joe, you gotta travel to Pasadena, California this week. You already having a long season for stuff that had nothing to do with you even being when you were there. You weren't there for most of the stuff that the school is being accused of. So you know, and it's not like the NFL where you automatically get a first-round pick when you suck. If you suck, that fucks recruiting up for years. Sucking, sucking hurts recruiting. It hurts when recruiting. Suck, it's hard to get players that don't suck. Right. You know, it's not like the football. It's not like NFL where worst team gets the best pick. It ain't like that in college. So Northwestern about to be terrible. They better hope that the academics keep up because <laughs> that's all they're gonna be known for coming up here soon. And so we say all that to say, like, yo, yeah, no, it's 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 rough out here for the student athlete. And NCAA couldn't give less of a fuck. Couldn't give less of a fuck. And it was even worse before NIL because at least with NIL, at least now you get a little money for your trouble. And I emphasis on a little money for your trouble because back in the day, remember Shabazz Napier, Shabazz Napier out here being named MVP of the Final Four and wasn't even eating, going to bed hungry some nights. While the NCAA was bringing in billions. Arian Foster was the same way. I yep. watched the whole documentary with him talking about, hey, I ain't got no food. And if, if you don't make something shake, coach, uh, me and my roommate can go do something stupid to get it. And he pulls up at the apartment, 50 tacos, which, by the way, is illegal, which is technically illegal. It is. He said that next Monday, coach pull up in a brand new Lexus. Not to mention... Even some of the other stuff, because the NCAA will argue, oh, well, they, they, they're students first, they're not employees. And it's like, all right, cool, whatever. Let, let's say that we believe that, right? Then, <laughs> there was a kid at the University of Illinois, the NCAA flagged him, the coach, for helping him graduate. <laughs> so it's like, wait a minute, you tell them that they're, not, they're students first, is what you tell them. And now you're getting on a coach for helping the kid graduate? Oh, letting the kids sleep on your couch? You can't do that as a coach, technically? <laughs> like, what? So, which one are they? Just a bunch of niggers that play football. That's really what they are at this point. They're, that's They're all it is. Because the, the whole point of college football is these TV deals. Yep. If you cared about students, you wouldn't let motherfuckers... I'm sorry, Rutgers. You wouldn't let motherfuckers from Pasadena, California fly across the country on a Saturday night and expect them to be back in class on Monday. Yep. Yeah, if you cared at all about student-athletes, because we promise none of them are being consoled in any of these deals. Do you think SMU... You think SMU students would be like, hey, sure, let's play 10 years for free. <laughs> I promise you. Not, not their student at SMU said, yeah, I like this idea. No. You know... Right. We're going to foot the bill on the boosters. And you know boosters are wishy-washy because if you don't pull results on the field, boosters ain't going to pay. <laughs> boosters, they're like, what am I boosting? What, what am I boosting? Y'all not winning. 
If you're not winning, they gonna stop. The checks gonna stop coming in, and you don't get the TV money to 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 to, to help you on top of that for ten years. So if you have ten, if you if maybe five or six of them ten years are bad, <laughs> like yo, them students gonna be hurting if they don't have good NIL deals. All of this comes down to it's a business, but you treat but you act like your employees, not employees. It's business, and you treating them. Way worse than him, like you said. Yeah, it's just it's it's nasty work out here. But like we said, we pray on the NCAA's downfall. Fuck these niggas. Fuck them all. That's the bad. We gonna end on that note with that. Let's go on some positivity. Well played. It's dedicated to some stories that actually make us feel somewhat good about humanity. Because you know, as far as I know, I'm really whatever. But this is supposed to be positive. Let me get back to the positivity. Um, there's a lot of people that aren't necessarily aware of what happened at the University of Virginia last year. Um, at the end of the season, they didn't play a game against Virginia Tech because, or they didn't play their last two games of the season, I believe, because there was an incident on campus where some students were coming back from a field trip and a guy who I think was either a former football player or just had some involvement with the team gets on the bus and just opens fire, you know, just starts shooting people on the bus and he kills three people who were, I forgot their names, I'm not, I don't want to butcher their names because I respect them and whatnot. It's three football players who were killed and one who was badly injured. Like, at one point it looked like he, he had to, like, he may not play sports again, you know, let alone live a normal life. But Mike Hollins was the, the one that survived. He was one of the survivors. And he, you know, they lost three of their teammates. They didn't play two games to end the season last year. It was very terrible. Mike Hollins came back. You know, he worked his way back, and he was out on the field the opening weekend. And granted, UVA lost to Tennessee, which I feel like most people expected them to. It was going to be an uphill battle. But just the fact that he made it back onto the field is just an amazing story in itself. And, you know, just really hope that he can have a good season or just really recover. Because that's a lot to come back from, you know. Football's hard enough without the other shit going on. People think they understand, so I'll just break it down to them this way. Getting shot is traumatic. We all know that. I don't even have to harp on that because that most people understand. Especially in this country, unfortunately. Football, unfortunately. Football, especially at this stage. uh, I assume he's about 20 years old, 21 years old, somewhere around. This is all you've been training for for your entire life. This is all you know. And you do know, we all come to a point where we know, hey, I can't do this forever. But the big, everyone's biggest thing is I want to go on my terms. I, whether I didn't get a shot at the NFL or I played my heart out and I guess I just didn't have it. That's cool. That's something most of us can accept. But getting shot for no reason at all, for not being in the wrong place at the wrong time, for simply existing on a college campus, that is hard to deal with. And for a young man to get back on that field, I have nothing but praise for you because that's what you do, Larry, to be out, be out there on the field doing what you love. Exactly. And UVA is going to be at home for the first time since the shooting this upcoming Saturday. So we know how emotional that could p- potentially be. So, you know, like we said, shout out to Mike Hollins. You know, for all the craziness going on in college football, it's still stories like that that, you know, kind of make you focus on why this sport is so important to so many different people. And yeah, so 
we wish him nothing but the best going forward this season and just in his life in general, of course. So, yeah, you know. And also, while we're on the subject of student athletes, we got to shout out the University of Nebraska because they set a world record, not in football, but football's involved in a way, but the women's volleyball team sold out the University of Nebraska's football stadium. A stadium that holds a capacity of over 92,000 people. They set a new world record with 92,003 attendees at this volleyball game in the football stadium. Shout out to University of Nebraska women's volleyball. Just, you know, you know. It's amazing what happens when you invest in women's sports. Look, we love women's sports here. Me, I'm a volleyball person. Not always for the reasons y'all think. I do enjoy the game. It involves jumping. I love jumping. That's my type of thing. And look, everyone everyone who plays at the high level deserves to play in front of the big crowd. And 92,000 is probably the biggest crowd that those women have ever, ever seen. And that's a beautiful thing to have. It's a beautiful thing to do. And keep on balling. And you know what? I'm going to say something that people don't necessarily hear all the time. Hey, let's get some volley- Let's get some men's volleyball in high school. Just throwing that out there. I thought schools had that. I figured that was a thing. A lot of them, volleyball is like the women's equivalent to football. Like men don't play it. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, not to take away from the women. I just, I enjoyed volleyball and I might have enjoyed it in high school if I had the opportunity. I feel that. I feel that 100%. Yeah, but yeah, shout out to them. So, with that being said, we were going to end on a little game. We got we got some uh, we got some rapid fire questions. Well, it's not really rapid fire. We're going to let you think about it. We got some game. We got a couple questions we're going to talk about, you know, kind of how we love to end things on this show. We're going to, in the spirit of college football, we're going we gonna to ask some questions. Um, so, you know, we understand, for those of us who really pay attention to college football, we understand that there is only a handful of schools that are truly built. Like, like individual fan bases will never admit this because they're just too prideful. But there a lot, the vast majority of collegiate football programs in this country are not built or equipped to win national championships. Like, some of y'all overinflate your expectations at your schools. Like, there's only maybe a handful. I feel Alabama, Georgia, maybe LSU. I'll throw LSU in there. Florida State and Clemson and Ohio State and Michigan. They're like the only seven that are consistently year in and year out. And maybe Texas and Oklahoma. Year in and year out, those are the ones that you kind of sort of can expect. And some of them fall off depending on the year, like Florida State and Texas, for example. But... Outside of like that seven or eight top schools, everybody else is just kind of getting in where they fit in. They're, 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 you know, you, you get individual players that are fighting for potential possibilities to go to the league. You get all your, you know, conference titles that you want to win, all these kind of things that are a little more in your wheelhouse. That being said, Jamal, you and I have been watching football for a long time, 15, 20 years of our lives. Who is the best? let's say handful of best football players that have you've seen that never won a championship. Oh, they never won a championship. Let's say let's okay. let's let's say five of them to make it easy. Five of them from like non non super mega competing schools. Well it could be from competing schools too. Just the in general, like across the board. 
I mean, across the board, oh, okay, easily, I can go with my dog Colt McCoy, who definitely should have beaten Alabama. Darren um, McFadden at Arkansas? Yeah, Arkansas had no chance. Darren McFadden was a dog. Uh, let's see, let's see. Um, Did Adrian Peterson win one? No, absolutely not. Adrian Peterson was a monster as a fresh. That boy was... He was bionic. That nigga was great. Adrian Peterson is the best running back I've ever seen in my life. Ever. Um, ever. Hmm. In my life. So, calm down. You know, uh, Lamar, Lamar Jackson? Oh, yeah. No, Lamar, that boy Jackson at, at Louisville. Lamar Jackson was literally a one-man show at Louisville, and they still didn't stop it over. Right. Well, apparently they did, because he's on the list. So... But Louisville is one of those. Show. I was about to say, Louisville is one of those schools we talked about where, like, yo, you have a couple of players like Lamar Jackson that are good enough to go to the league and can play anywhere in the country, but, like, Louisville as a program is not winning it's a national championship. They're just not built for like, it. Like, yeah. theirs is like if we finish top 10 and we make it to, you know, a, a Fiesta Bowl, a Sugar Bowl, a Cotton Bowl, that, that's a national championship, right? Right. Or, like, uh, what's it called? Uh, there are even some, as much as the SEC fans would, uh, there are some SEC schools that ain't built for it. Like Ole Miss ain't winning no national championship. Ole Miss ain't, Ole Miss ain't winning one. Vandy ain't winning Vandy, one. Vandy, well, we know Vandy ain't winning one. South Carolina probably ain't winning one no South more. South Carolina, you know, there's only oh, a handful. It, Auburn, it depends on the year. It, it, Auburn, I would throw them in at the bottom, like maybe number 10. Auburn but. has gotten lucky yeah. that they just got the best football, one, a top football player of all time for college football once or twice. And that's and we see the, the big difference that it makes. And in that one season where they just got all the lucky things to go their way and, until the championship. So, But, yeah, so that's four. I, I'm trying to think. Did you name a fifth one? You said Lamar. Um, fifth one. Um, I'm trying to think of because a lot of them end up winning something. <laughs> yeah. Um, it could be oh, modern. It oh, could yeah. be modern day too. Oh, another one. R. R. I. P. to one of my favorite quarterbacks as a kid, Colt Brennan Colt of Hawaii. Brennan the goat. Yeah, Colt Brennan, man. I tell you. Yeah, man. Recipes in. Dude was a beast. He's a beast. But uh, yeah, yeah. All right. So for me, I'm gonna go ahead and do some ones. Um. Hmm, let me see. Justin Fields, man. That 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 team that lost to Clemson that ended and to the Clemson team that ended up losing to LSU. I wanted Justin Fields in a national championship against Joe Burrow. That was this that was the that was the, the team, the two teams that I wanted in that year. And Clemson got there. I still think LSU would have won regardless of who got there, but like I promise Ohio State would have given them a better fight. Even though I think Jeff Okuda would have gotten exposed a little earlier, and maybe that then people wouldn't have drafted him top five. But that that's a whole other thing. But yeah, Justin Fields. Um, John Johnny Manziel. I'm gonna throw him up there, you know, because A and M is another one. They overinflate themselves because they got all that money, but they ain't winning shit. They they ain't never winning nothing. That is the crazy thing about A and M. They have all the money in the world simply because they are Texas A and M. But when you look at their program, you're like, what are y'all cheering about? Like, what have y'all done? What have y'all done historically for me to even pay you the satisfaction of thinking about you? Like, who? Like, y'all's biggest claim to fame is y'all beating Texas a few times when they had much better teams and fucking rivalry games. 
Shit, that happens all the time. Send a few people to the NFL, but like Ryan Tannehill, is that really what we're doing? Von Miller is a Hall of Famer, so I'll give y'all that, but really? That's what y'all hanging y'all Mike Evans? Mike Evans solid. Mike Evans? He, he's a good guy. I, I don't... Him and Von Miller might sneak... Well, Von Miller will get in because he's a beast. Uh, yeah, Von Miller will get in. Mike might sneak in, but it won't be first ballot. Right, it won't be first ballot. Von Miller's first ballot Hall of Famer. Easily. Um, Two-time Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP, like... Multi all pro player like, of a generation. Yes. Yeah. All time sack leader in a bunch of categories, whatever. So he'll definitely get it. But um yeah. All right. So who did I say? Oh, um Giant Manziel, uh the other guy said. Uh Justin Fields. So oh. that's, that's two of them. Um I'm trying to think who else. Uh, shot some love to the defense side of the ball and say yeah. Ooh, yes sir. Yes sir. If if they'd have beaten Texas in his final game. And they had a they had a good chance to beat if Texas. If they would have beaten Texas. That's the last time Nebraska was relevant. The very last the time. The last Nebraska time. Was he was one of the best players in the country. Uh, Manti Teo, if we're, if we're keeping on the defensive side. Great at Notre Dame. Yeah, no. If, that, that, if, we that, just not, if we talking strictly on the field, Manti Teo was a great guy. It was great. It was great. great Until that final game when he just had a bunch of stuff going on that was his own doing. Because for some reason you didn't know you were being catfished, but I mean not that I blame him for that, but like yo, come on now, you never met this woman in person. <laughs> never. I mean, yeah, there's just a lot. There's, there's a lot of a whole lot going on there. Whole lot going on there. Okay. And the fifth and final person, just for the sake of this list, um, hmm, hmm, gotta think about this one a little bit. Uh. Oh, I'm a I'm a I'm a throw one out there that nobody's even thinking about. Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley. Because Penn State definitely Saquon was in the Penn State. They 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 put Penn State back on the map. Because remember all them years post Joe Paterno when when the, when the, when they were still kind of recovering, and then that that one recruiting class it was Trace McSorley, Saquon Barkley, Marcus Allen, Chris Goblin was there. People forget he's been in the league. He's been around for a long time. Chris Goblin. You know that that group had Penn State at one point. They were looking whatever, and they just didn't beat Ohio State. And that's and that's been Penn State's flaw. They can't beat Ohio State. Point blank. <laughs> They'll beat Michigan I mean, every now and then, but like they just cannot beat Ohio State, except for that one I mean, season. Be, that one season updated in these damn nineteen twenty two jerseys. No, actually, no, 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 no. I fuck with their. I fuck. Sometimes the some of the schools with simple jerseys. Are solid. Like I, I fuck with Penn State's jerseys. I fuck with Alabama's jerseys. It's it's not the fact that they're simple and plain. Like I get plain. Hell, Texas is very plain. But I feel like everybody should have one mix-up jersey. Everybody. I think OU's done it perfectly. Like ninety percent of the time, they are traditional OU. They are the crimson and cream. Those two stripes down the pan. That is it. That is them. Once or twice a year. They break out the dark grays. They break out that cream helmet. I'm just saying, hell, for Penn State, all I'm asking, can the guys get the names on the back of their jersey? Please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 that that wouldn't hurt. That would not hurt. You know, let them wear white if we, cleats. If we do absolutely nothing, 
can the guys get their names on the back of the jersey? Because I'm like, one thing, some of the other schools, like Oklahoma does it because, like, oh, they're throwbacks and they're just kind of paying homage to the throwbacks. Penn State has always worn the same jerseys. Like, like as long as Penn State has played football, they have worn those same colors. Yeah, they're like the Colts. Like, Up until this year, the Colts don't have throwbacks because they're wearing their throwbacks. Yeah, their throwbacks are. Yeah. yeah. There are no throw. There's nothing to throw it back to. You know, like, yeah, they've been the same color forever. Same with Alabama. Same with even Georgia. They, they added black unis. They just don't wear them anymore because of what happened when they wore them. But, like... They 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 have black uniforms, but that's it. They they at least have the option. Right. I'm not saying you know every, everybody's every school isn't built to be Oregon. Every school's not built to be Oklahoma State, where you never wear the same color combo twice. Right. I'm just saying. And some schools have tried, and they just don't do it well. Some schools have tried that, and it's like you need to never never do that again. Stop. Just like one alternate, yeah. you wear once or twice a year. Right. Cool. It's all, he, it's all we ask. That's all we ask. Yeah. Me, I fuck with it though. I fuck with their jerseys though. They, they, it's something about the way they do it. It's just solid. But, it, but anyway, yeah. That point being said, we have reached the conclusion of another great episode of the Play by Play Analysis Podcast. I want to shout out to my guy Jamal for uh, coming on here again. You know, shout out to shout out to D1 Ignite University. We'll, we will be on that show again this week. We're coming back. We're coming back. Oh yeah, we gonna be here. We gonna be here. We coming back. But yeah. Shout out to everybody. Fuck the NCAA, bitch ass niggas. And shout out to Coach Prime for change, continuing to change the game, bro. This is a powerful black man, man. And he's he's doing amazing things right now. You, you just, they, they, they're, you know, you just hope that you can keep the momentum going because as much as they want to build you up, they're going to, you make, you put a target on your back and they're going to try to tear you down as soon as you lose. It's going to be people coming back at you. So, but all that being said, you know, wishing, Everybody, and shout out because I can't wait for week two and the NFL returns next week. Football is back. Football is back, man. You Football know? is back. Yeah. Nothing else needs to be said. Nothing else needs to be said. And with that, we are going to see y'all when we see y'all. Deuces. We out.